0: All right. So the message today is titled, When We Know Jesus. So the story in Luke 24 takes place in Jerusalem. It was right after Jesus's crucifixion. They put his body in the tomb. All heaven and earth was just shook by what had just happened. The long awaited Messiah was dead. Can we just talk for a minute about the atmosphere and temperature of what was going on at that time? I think about what's going on right now, and there's not a person who doesn't know, probably across the world, the impact that this coronavirus has had, right? It's like this, this heaviness. It's like something that we're all kind of under, and we don't want to be under it, but it's just kind of how it is right now, and it will pass, and God is still faithful, but we all feel it, right? Let's think about that time in Jerusalem and the surrounding cities. There was mourning. Their son, their brother, their friend, their mentor, their leader, their Messiah was dead. Not only was he dead, he was brutally murdered and hung upon a cross. There was confusion. Wasn't he supposed to be the Messiah? Wasn't he the one that the scripture spoke about? For all of these years, how could we be so wrong? There was turmoil. There were so many passionate, strong and bold, loud opinions he was Jesus, he was the Messiah, no he wasn't. He was good, he was not. There were all these polar opposite opinions on who he was. And there was a lot of dissension, a lot of struggle during that time. There was probably regret, people thinking, could I have done something? Should I have spoke up for him? What role did I have to play in all of this? There was heaviness, obviously. The Savior of the world, he had died. Spiritually speaking, can you imagine what that would feel like? The heaviness that that would be. There was fear, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of what will happen. What's going to happen to all his followers? Are they going to kill them as well? Are they, are they going to be in some sort of trouble? Should they flee? Should they fear for their lives as well? And there was disappointment. The, the prophesied Messiah was gone. And did that also mean their future and their hope was gone as well? Let's start reading. We're going to read a huge chunk in Luke 24. I love scripture. I don't have anything fancy to say, but the word of God is true. So that's where, that's where we're going to stay. So Luke 24, starting in verse one. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices, which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb when they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee? saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. I love this. The women go to the tomb, right? They take their spices. They're going to the tomb. And when they arrive, the stone is rolled away. They go in. His body is not there. The text says that they were greatly perplexed. What I love about this and what causes me to ponder every time I read this is that they were told that this was going to happen, but yet they didn't remember. And not only did they not remember, they actually went to do what they do with the spices with the body and it wasn't there. So these two angels, these two, two people in shining garments are there and say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus told multiple times, he told the people, this is what's going to happen. And they heard him, but they didn't hear him. How many times does that happen when Jesus speaks to us and we hear him, but we don't really hear what he's saying. In verse nine, let's, let's continue. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the 11 and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to be like idle tales and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So I think about these two disciples and wondering what their hearts felt like on this day. Let's be honest, that's a long walk. And there was plenty of time to talk. Were they angry? Were they crying? Were they frustrated? Were they confused? How could this be? Did they possibly feel betrayed that Jesus, the Messiah, the one they trusted and the one that they listened to every word, was it all false? Was everything that he said not true? Or were they hopeful? Did they still think, well, something's going to happen. He is Jesus. He is the Messiah. He has to come back. Something is going to change. Something's going to happen. I think this is a great example of when we're processing loss, we're processing things that are confusing, that God gave us each other. God gave us people around us that we can process with. We can talk. We can gain perspective. We can cry together. We can laugh together. I think Jesus giving us these relationships is so beautiful. In verse 15, it says, So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them have you ever read this scripture before? The two are walking along and all of a sudden Jesus is there. I try to put myself in their shoes. Was he like walking behind them and then like caught up to them because he's Jesus. Did he just all of a sudden like, Hey guys. And he was just like right next to them. Like, how did that happen? So remember they were talking about Jesus and get this, that Jesus all of a sudden is right next to them. The one they're talking about is right there, except he died three days ago, right? But now he's walking right next to them on this road to Emmaus. What are the chances? Isn't that like, just like Jesus. He meets us in the most amazing times. Here they are. They, their world is crushed. Everything's upside down. And Jesus is right there. How many times does that happen to us when our world is upside down, but yet he's right there? Verse 16 says, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. That phrase, eyes were restrained, it also means held. Their eyes were held. Interesting, right? Some theologians say that this means that they were blinded by their own despair and they just simply couldn't see him because of their despair. Others say it's because of divine intervention. But either way, they did not notice that Jesus was right with them. So Jesus takes notice of their sorrow and sadness. And in verse 17, Jesus says to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name is Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? This cracks me up. Everybody, everywhere, regardless of their belief, they knew about Jesus. They knew about the teachings. They knew about the controversy. They knew the leadings up, right? When he had to go by, before Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate, he... They knew the whole story, everybody. And here comes this guy on this road to Emmaus who says, what are you guys talking about? What are you, what's so sad, (laughs) right? It would be like somebody right now, you'd bump into them at the store, hopefully six feet away, and they don't know what's going on. Why are you in a mask? What, What are all these blue lines on the floor? Don't you know? That would be crazy, right? So this person didn't know what was going on. Verse 18, then the one, oops, sorry, verse 19. And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found out was just as the woman had said, but he, but him, they did not see. Verse 25. Then he said to them, "O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. What the two failed to believe on the road that day was that Jesus had to suffer. They failed to recognize the scriptures foretold of the necessity that the Messiah had to suffer. There was suffering. It was written and spoken all throughout the scriptures. My favorite example of that is in Isaiah 53. If you haven't read it, we're not going to read it today. I would love for you to go read it. It is super powerful, but it prophesies of the story of Jesus and what would take place. And it prophesied of his suffering in detail. The other thing I love about these last few scriptures is um, when it says He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning Himself, verse 27. Wouldn't you love to hear Jesus giving testimony and sharing the gospel of Jesus of Himself? Wouldn't that be amazing? It says He went all the way back to Moses and broke down the scriptures. Can you imagine? That would be so amazing. Verse 28 and 29. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is towards evening and the day is far spent. So he did. He went and stayed with them. So Jesus didn't readily just turn in where their house was off the road because that wouldn't be decent for a stranger to do at that time. He needed an invitation and that's exactly what they did. They invited him and he came in. Okay. So here is where I really want to take us. So listen to this verse 30. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Wow. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him that word knew or to know in the greek it means to recognize to recognize a thing to be what it really is to perceive who a person is they had been with jesus this whole time talking to him listening with him right conversing maybe asking questions as he was unfolding things they didn't they didn't know who he was that whole time you guys Have you ever walked five, six, seven miles? I don't know how much of that stretch he was with them. But if he broke down all those scriptures, I imagine it was for miles. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of conversation. And they didn't recognize him. Until he took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave. Then and only then they knew him. I can't help but wonder what happened in the Spirit at that moment when He took that bread, He blessed it, He broke it, and He gave. Something in the Spirit had to have happened for their eyes to be lifted and for them to see Jesus, right? This is exactly what He did for us on the cross. He is our bread of life. He was broken. And he was given to us. And from that, we have life. That's the whole salvation message. He was broken for us. He bore the weight of our sin. He bore the weight of our transgressions so that we didn't have to, so that we could have life and come boldly before God. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's scriptures like these, you guys, that blow my mind. I could read them a hundred times. He was broken for us. The symbolism, the beauty and the power in that scripture, just an ordinary day, right? And God met them. Jesus met them right where they were. So do you know him? Do you perceive him? Do you recognize, recognize Jesus for who he really is? In studying the stories of Jesus' life in the New Testament, when I read about people who didn't recognize him, I see two common things, disbelief and disappointment. That word disbelief means the ability or refusal to accept that something is true or real. Typically, when people do not believe, when they can't see him, They don't think it's real. It's because of disbelief. They have an inability or a refusal to see it. The second one is disappointment. The definition of disappointment is sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. They had disappointment settle in their hearts. I've experienced that. When I have disappointment and I let it settle in my heart... There's times I can't see what Jesus is doing. I know that he's good and I know what his scriptures say, but I don't see it. And I have to remind myself and get my heart to a place that I believe. Even if I don't see it, that's faith, right? That's the whole walk. That's the whole journey is by faith. Is there a chance that you have disbelief or disappointment in your life right now? Maybe you don't know him at all. Maybe there's just areas where you're not seeing him because there's disbelief in your heart, disappointment. I think this speaks a lot to the difference between religion and a relationship with God. When we have religion, there's maybe a ton of knowledge about him, right? But there's there's no relationship. When we have a relationship with God, when we have a relationship with Jesus, we know him. We see him, right? Our eyes are opened to who he is. So what are the ways that that you maybe aren't hearing him today? Are there areas that you're maybe you're even walking with him? Maybe you're like on that road to Emmaus and, and you're hearing him and you're listening and you're you're conversing, but you don't know him, and you you just need the Lord to lift. Your eyes, so that you can see him. Has he made promises to you or spoken things to you that haven't come to pass yet? And maybe you're thinking it can't be true. It's too big, it's too far, it's too good, it's probably for somebody else, but not for me, or I blew it. If he spoke it, it's true. His promises are true. Are you disappointed or discouraged? Do you not see how it's going to work out? Well, guess what? There was an entire population of people who did not see how it was going to work out. They were discouraged. They were distraught. They were hopeless. And three days later, he rose. Like he promised. His promises that he has said to you are going to come to pass. Hold on. Do not lose hope. His promises are true for you. i would just like to take a minute if you don't know jesus if you don't know this wonderful jesus that you've heard about today i want to invite you to say a prayer the bible says that we can pray and ask him to come into our life and all it takes from us is a surrendered heart to say jesus take my life i don't want to be in control anymore i want you to take the wheel i want you to take the reins have it all we confess our sins we just give it to him it's it's truly that easy, you guys. So, if that's you this morning, would you pray that prayer? It's not a scripted prayer, it's a prayer from your heart to his. If you would like us to pray with you, you can reach us at contact at We will pray with you right after this message, and we will pray with you and lead you to this Jesus. He is so worthy, you guys. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you meet us in every moment. You meet us on those days where we're on that road, if you will, to Emmaus, where we're confused or we're frustrated or we're lost or we're hopeless. God, you meet us on our best days when we're on top of the world and we feel like we crushed it and you're in every moment in between. God, you don't wait for us to get it all together for you to come. You actually want it just opposite of that. You want us to just come as we are and you put it all together. So God, I pray over every adult, every teenager, every pre-teenager, every little person. God, I just pray that they would know you, that we, that I would know you because truly you are good you have promises and that resurrection sunday that 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 coming alive from death is right around the corner if we could just hope if we can just set our eyes upon you and trust in our savior the king of kings and the lord of lords god i pray over every heart that's struggling with disbelief or discouragement disappointment, hopelessness, depression. I pray over anyone who's struggling with suicide right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for your peace. I thank you that the enemy's plans will not prevail, but that your ways well your heart is for your children. God, I thank you that you cover us and you hold us I thank you that this season will also pass and God, I thank you that we can thrive and find beauty in the season. Holy spirit, would you just touch our hearts? Would you lift our eyes above the circumstances? Let us see you. Let us know you, Jesus, the faithful one in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to close us out. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, on your screen, you will see contact at impactdrop.com. You can visit us, send us an email. We will pray with you in just a few minutes. As soon as we wrap up, we will, if you want to leave us your phone number, we will call you right back and a pastor or somebody will pray with you right now over the phone. Um, I just want to encourage you, jump on our website, jump on our Facebook page. There's, we have a women's Facebook page, Arise. There are so many good things for you to tap into. We love you. We appreciate you. And I'm going to just close this with this blessing in number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless.